You're listening to the Blissful Hiker Podcast. I'm Allison Young, the solo, female, middle-aged, titanium-reinforced, long-distance backpacker, Blissful Hiker, sharing stories to empower you to learn to hike your own hike, too. If you enjoy these podcasts, please consider supporting them through Patreon. There's a link in the show notes or at blissfulhiker.com. This week, it's a roller coaster of ups and downs through ponderosa, pine, and dust, all the way to my first glimpses of the deep red rock of something quite grand. I wake up as the sun streams into the tent, allowing myself extra time to rest. There are no new bites on my body, and the tent is bone dry. I'm so grateful for my stone bench and soft juniper needles at my sight. The forest just continues on and on, in warm sun and a gentle breeze. I hardly need to drink anything because I barely work to propel my body forward. I think about this being Lent and my being out in the desert, so to speak, now that I'm in northern Arizona and the saguaro have disappeared. The popular image of Lent is about giving something up, but that's an oversimplification of the journey one that invests in imitating Christ tempted in the desert. My temptations usually have to do with toxic patterns, like blaming myself for other people's bad behavior, rather than recognizing the behavior for what it is and ensuring I erect healthy boundaries. I think back to Flagstaff and that man at the hotel who befriended me, only to pull away and offer up a kind of self-serving sanctimony when I asked for the smallest bit of help. It hurt my feelings a lot, until I finally realized he could never be a real friend. Here it feels peaceful in the dappled morning light, still casting an orange glow. I need these easy days, where the miles just disappear as I walk and sing. I don't feel there's any hurry now. And I laugh remembering my Grand Teton crest hike when I told backpackers I was going for the SKT, the slowest known time. It was frenetic in Flagstaff just a few days ago, but I'm proud I pulled it off on my own. Visiting the doctor, picking up four different kinds of meds, including permethrin to spread over my entire body, and taking a strong antihistamine that brought down the swelling but knocked me out completely for like 12 hours. I struggled and struggled to dry my washed quilt with all the feathers pushed into the wrong chambers. I even texted hammock gear over and over, giving up on the painstaking task and planning to buy or rent a bag. That was until someone suggested a repair person named Santo at Snow Mountain River, who ripped open the seams and just shoved the feathers by hand where they belonged before sewing it back together. All those errands were close by if I had a car, but required walking since I wasn't getting any help. When I asked this old shrew at the hotel if she might just give me a ride for two miles, she snapped at me. Can't you walk? (laughs) Remember, it takes nearly an hour to walk two miles, especially carrying a wet sleeping bag. Still, it wasn't that bad. I explored downtown and the college campus. I resupplied. I aided a brewery. And I met the couple who ultimately helped me in the end. And all of this done with independent and dramatic flair and flip-flops. <laughs> I wouldn't go so far as to say I enjoyed Flagstaff, but I found enjoyable parts. 
The wind through Juniper has a special sound. The trail makes a slow ascent to a large metal tank with Russell scrawled on it. I have a snack, but I skip Russell for a bigger muddy pond. It filters well as I lean on my backpack against a tree in the wind. I spy several horses wandering above in the trees, taking a look at me. Are they wild? There's also something else coming into view. A long strip of red and brown above pine forest. It's the Great Canyon. It's so awe-inspiring, I feel giddy. The trail winds around the edge of a rim and then dives steeply down and out of a ravine for no known purpose. I kind of wonder if a trail builder thought I might be getting bored here with all this flat walking and I need a shake-up. But the landscape itself isn't changing as I follow the edge looking down at a meadow far below with the painted desert beyond. My undulating trail is speckled with hundreds of spring beauties in white and pink. I leave the trail and head straight up to another wildlife tank. It's brilliant how they collect snow on a corrugated surface that melts into large containers underground. A small overflow contains clean water with just a bit of graceful green plants reaching towards the surface. I fill up and eat as Elliot arrives, a Quebecois section hiker. He rented snowshoes and flagstaff for Mount Humphreys, then hitched back to return them. He also hiked the Teatoroa, and we share a few stories before I head on. He never catches me, though, and I'm certain he follows the road rather than this undulating trail in the woods with only fleeting glimpses of the canyon's fanciful rock. I feel so happy and right with the world in this moment. I sing my favorite walking song. I stop at the side of the trail, looking out at the pink, dusty desert beyond, when two bikers show up, Jeff and Holly, or Frico and Turbo, who ask about my hike and how I'm doing. I mention I plan to camp just ahead, and they say they'll see me there, and then ride off. A few minutes later, they turn around and come back, and they ask me, can we get you anything at the store? (laughs) What? Well, chips and beer. What kind of amazing people do things like that? (laughs) Keepers, I say, keepers. I'm so touched with this act of trail magic, especially after the bedbug ordeal. It's still a few more miles, and I lose sight of the canyon walls. Several helicopters zoom overhead. Tours? Heading home? A backpacker rescue? No, it's got to be tours. It's too many helicopters. Then a backpacker passes me. He calls himself Freak of Nature, and we met on our ride to Pine. He's changed his mind about what he's doing, hiking back from the South Rim, and says he's hurrying to avoid the bad weather. The bad weather? I put it out of my mind as I wander through the interpretive nature walk with about 20 signs describing the devastation of dwarf mistletoe. I mean, it's really, really serious, and they've got to get rid of it. But 20 signs? The kaibab is coming for you, dwarf mistletoe. It's so early, I sit down to call the park ranger and try to secure a permit to camp in the canyon. We chit-chat, and the ranger tells me he thinks the Arizona forests are as boring as hell. (laughs) At least someone else thinks so. 
But the bad weather comes back and sticks in my mind as I arrive at the tower and climb up for a fabulous view. The canyons out there, red and huge and inviting. When I turn around, I look back to the San Francisco peaks and Mount Humphreys, snow-covered. There's no sign of Jeff and Holly and my chips and beer, but another group comes by. Tammy, Michelle, John, Kristen, Mark, Eric, and they're flabbergasted I'm walking so far. After we chit-chat, they immediately invite me to camp and eat dinner with them. How is it after Flagstaff, when the trail angels ignored me, that some people just naturally reach out and are generous? I tell them what I really need is a ride in the morning to get a permit to camp in the Grand Canyon. My mind is already deciding that I'm not going to waste precious time in this boring forest when bad weather's coming. John immediately volunteers. I continue walking and I come upon three huge RVs. Tammy hands me a beer, Michelle hands me pretzels, and Kristen cooks a pasta as we all pull out our phones to scan the weather. Oh dear, this isn't just bad weather. This is horrible weather. I've got a whole new set of problems. The temperatures are going to drop into the teens in three days, and it's going to snow. I don't think I've got the proper gear. Should I keep moving, or should I wait it out? All that mess in Flagstaff, and I didn't really make plans for cold weather. Well, there's an outfitter in Grand Canyon Village. Maybe I can make this work after all. But right now, it's new friends, trail angels and trail magic, and a beautiful evening. You can subscribe to Blissful Hiker wherever you get your podcasts. And please leave a review on Apple to help the show get discovered. Blissful Hikers on Patreon, as I mentioned, you can support the show financially. There's a link to Patreon in the show notes or at my website, blissfulhiker.com. Next week, I do move on, and I get that permit, too, to camp in the Grand Canyon. It's a rim-to-rim walk through the Grand, one of the most thrilling experiences of my entire hiking life. Until then, my friends, kia kaha, and happy trails. <laughs>